They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinions. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of our podcast. This is Aiden here, joined by Max and Thomas. And today we'll be giving our MLB offseason predictions. First of all, we'd like to congratulate the Los Angeles Dodgers for winning the World Series, unfortunately, against the Tampa Bay Rays. Very controversial last game with Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell and putting in Nick Anderson in his place. Nick Anderson was not the correct move at all there. Giving up seven runs in his last, or run in each of his last seven appearances now. And then Snell only gave up two hits in that game and he took him out. And the next three hitters he was facing were 0 for 6 with six Ks versus in that game. Yeah. I think Cash said he just didn't really want Betts to face him for a third time. So that's why they took him out. But yeah. Congrats to the Dodgers. Justin Turner got COVID, was pulled mid-game. There's some investigating going on, I guess, but I doubt there's going to be that much punishment for it. Also, Manfred looked really good being uh, drunk during the ceremony. That was pretty fun to watch. Also got booed by a quarter of the available seating there and still was booed very loudly. So before we make any other offseason predictions, first we want to talk about the big hire that did happen today, and that was... The White Sox hiring a new manager, Antonio La Russa. I believe he's 76 now, and he's returned to managing after about eight years of uh, not being um, in the dugout. So it's going to be interesting to see, because that's definitely probably the best job that was open this offseason. Yeah, the last time he was a manager was 2011. And he's his birth date is closer to the start of baseball than it is to the current date. So he's by far the oldest manager, and it'll be interesting to see how they fill out the rest of their coaching staff. Yeah, this just kind of proves that the White Sox are kind of, they're going for it at this point. They want a guy with a ton of playoff experience, someone who can navigate them through the playoffs, and that's La Russa. I think he's third all-time in uh, managerial wins, so they're just bringing a guy in with a lot of experience, but it's still a questionable move. He's been still involved in front offices of winning teams, like the 2018 Red Sox, he was involved in that front office, so he does fill in the recently winning category they're looking for. There was a report that came out that some people in the White Sox organization are questioning this hire. It seems like it was more of an owner hire than really the team hire. So they don't, they're wondering if he can really just control these young players and how he'll adapt to like this modern game with a lot more stats involved than the past couple. Even what, yeah, a lot of White Sox fans don't seem too happy with Ryan Storff after this, but even when he was a manager, he was seen as a more forward-thinking, analytical one. Like, he started a lot with the left-handed one-out guy. So, he's still been involved, but he'll see if he's up to the same ones as, like, Kevin Cash and the other managers. See how that's handled. Yeah, but overall, yeah, they made this hiring because they want somebody with experience because their team's really good and it's going to be get even better the next couple of years. Like Max said, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill out the rest of their coaching staff because I don't really see them coaching for like three years plus. I only see him coaching two years at most, maybe. Yeah, I see him there for two years also. I think it wouldn't surprise me if they hire somebody in like the bench coach role or some other coaching role where they could see him get some experience from La Russa and then have him move into the managerial role in the future. Like, why couldn't they even bring him into the front office even, too? Like, if they wanted him that bad, why not even have him from the front office job? Yeah, I'm not sure, because there was other options, younger ones, like 
Hinch and Cora, but it will be interesting to see how that happens. Which I think Cora's going to go back to the Red Sox. Hinch just interviewed with the Tigers, too. So we can see those other managerial jobs filled soon. So moving on, we're going to get into our free agency predictions. So how this is going to go, I think we're going to start off with our top five free agents, really. Then give predictions on where they're going to go. And also give some contract predictions as well. Then after that, we'll spiral into certain positions or certain players that we want to talk about. And also give some insight on some trade candidates that we think might get traded. So our number five player, against Max's opinion, uh, we, really have, number four. we have DJ LeMahieu. So for him, I have him returning to the Yankees for, for three years, $60 million. Yes, I also have DJ returning to the Yankees for four years and $80 million. I can't see anywhere else he would go. The Yankees need him. He's that leadoff man. He puts the ball in play. They are so much better with him in the lineup. And yeah, I can't see them letting him walk. That'd be a big loss for them. Yeah, like Aiden and Max, I also have him back to the Yankees, three for 62. Uh, he's he's kind of like the, the backbone of that team right now. He just does so much for him, and I just wouldn't see them letting him go or letting him walk. The fans would be super disappointed. Yeah, like Max said, I don't really see that many other destinations for him. Like, I was trying to think of other ones. Like, one that is rumors is the Cubs, but are they really willing to pay that much for a guy when they have many questions going into this offseason? Then you also have some wild cards if like teams want to like move certain positions around. But still, I really only see the Yankees as a possible destination for him. Then number four, coming off a career year, I would say, or a really good year, is Marcelo Zuna of the Braves. I have him going back to the Braves for three years and $54 million. Yes, I also have Zuna returning to the Braves, but for three years and $45 million, which might be a little low. But yeah, he's still a really good offensive force who's most likely to DH. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the NLDH in the future. With a new CBA after 2021 and uncertainty what it's going to be like next year. But yeah, there's not, I don't think there's a ton. There's options for Zuna. I don't think there's a ton. I think main two other options possibly would be like returning to the Marlins or Cardinals. But yeah, he should find a spot. Yeah, I also have him to the Braves, three for 50. So kind of right in the middle between Max and Aiden. He had a super big bounce back year and was a major force in the middle of that lineup. I know the GM Alex Kathopoulos or whatever, he already came out and saying, yeah, they really want him back, and he's definitely somebody that they need in that middle of their order. He's good protection for Freeman. Yes, he was. Then our third top free agent, we have George Springer. For him, I have him going to the Mets. I think the Mets are going to spend big this offseason, especially with Steve Cohen buying the team. So I have him going there for six years, $165 million. I think there's also some other possibilities for him. Like, I could see, like, the Nationals maybe get involved for him. Or I don't really see the Astros letting them return. Also, don't rule out the White Sox, who could sign him and also play him in right. Yeah, I think those are also realistic landing spots for Springer. I have him going to the Mets for six years, $180 million. Assuming the Cohen deal goes through, they will most likely spend a lot of money this year and change up the team. But, yeah, Springer would be a really good fit for the White Sox. And with three, there was a report that he doesn't want to return to the Astros because he wants to be closer to home or his family, which I believe is Connecticut because I believe he went to college there and is from there. He's going to get some good money. He could be the best player in this free agency class too still. I have Springer to the, back to the Astros, even though it appears that he doesn't want to. I think he'll let the money kind of maybe persuade him a little bit. I just have trouble seeing the Astros letting him go. He's such an important part of that team and lineup. So I, I just think he'll be back there and – Hopefully he does. Yeah, it'll be a tough loss for the Astros. They have some, inter- they have some big decisions to make money-wise, 
and he's been that leadoff man for several years now, and he's been amazing in the postseason. It'd be a huge loss. They're going to have to – I assume they have to try to bring him back, but it'll be interesting. The Astros definitely have to make some interesting decisions, especially with Springer and Brantley being a free agent this year. Then number two on our list is JT Romuto. I am going to like kind of a dark horse kind of candidate. Like you mostly hear about the Mets and Phillies in this. I'm going to the Nationals, and I have them breaking Joe Morrow's record. I'm going to the Nationals for seven years, $202 million. Yeah, Romuto will break Maurer's contract this year, which was signed, what was that, over 10 years ago, I think? That stood since for the catcher record. I think the I am going to the Phillies for seven years, $210 million. I just think they can't afford to lose him, especially with how much Harper has been trying to get him back. I mean, he's the best catcher in baseball, and you can't just lose him, especially after seeing the Marlins make the playoffs with Sixto Sanchez, who was the key piece going back to the Marlins in that trade. And yeah, I think the I think the Nationals would be a really good spot for him. That'd be fun. I think Soto wants him there. I think those two are kind of friends. But yeah, he'd be fun to watch with those top three in Washington. But yeah, I think he stays with the Phillies. Can't lose him. Yeah, Ivory uh, Ivory Muto to the Mets. Uh, like Max and Aiden both alluded to, they're going to spend a lot of money this offseason, and they definitely need an impact bat in that lineup. So I think it's Real Muto. Six for 172. Hopefully this one turns out better than the Maurer deal did for the Twins, but I don't know. I just think he's a can't-miss type guy and a really good catcher. Yeah, that, that's what, another key with the Phillies here is they cannot afford them to lose somebody in that division, or else you could easily see them falling to the bottom two in that division. Yeah, they're going to be an interesting team to watch this offseason. They're definitely a team who has to contend, especially with Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler, and Aaron Nola on that team. One report that did come out is that Dave Dombrowski might be interested in running that front office, so we'll see what happens there. He would definitely get paid then with ownership approval. Dombrowski would go after him. That'd be a, yes. They'd be some big moves. They also need a lot to fill in with the bullpen. Yeah, their bullpen's also a big question for him. And have shortstop to fill yep. with D.D. leaving, possibly, the agent. But they do have a recipe for success. They have a couple good pieces there. Then, of course, our number one free agent this year is Trevor Bauer, most likely Cy Young candidate for the NL. He's going to be wanted by everybody, I would assume, anybody who needs to play a pitcher. The one thing that's going to be interesting about the Bauer sweepstakes is that he's going to probably get a one-year deal. He made a bet in college with his teammate, and that he's just probably going to take another one-year deal. And he's also a really funky guy, so I would expect the number to be a little bit weird. Like Max said, I think his arbitration year one nine one time he had like... I think it was like 6.9 repeating pretty much. So that's the kind of person he is, but it's definitely going to be an interesting thing to see. I already like where it's going. He's literally flirting with every team on Twitter. For me, I have him going to the White Sox for one year, $38 million. Yeah, he's good at marketing himself. So he can, he's saying he would sign with any major league team, even the Japan teams. should be kind of funny to see him go to Japan for a year. Yeah, but I think even with him saying he'll take multi-year deals, I think he still sticks with the one-year deal. And I have him going to the Padres being with his friend Clevenger and filling out that rotation at one year, $40 million. Yeah, I like the one year, $40 million max, but I have him to the Angels. I think the Angels need him more than he needs the Angels, but they just need a guy in that rotation. They've spent so much on their lineup, and it wouldn't be fair to Trout and Rendon if they didn't complete their team out. Yeah, the Angels really need him. Then it'd be interesting if he goes. He'll improve any team drastically. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that he could go to still. You, like, we all mentioned the three teams that we mentioned, of course, but you also have the Mets that could use him. 
You also have teams like the Nationals who are kind of involved, and you even have a dark horse even too if you think about in the Twins that might even go after him as well. Yeah, any team can be in. I'm on a one-year deal, and he is from L.A., so the Angels would be a fit possibly. I'd like to go more in depth about like him going to the White Sox and Padres because I think those would complete both of those rotations. He'd be that top guy in both those rotations. So with him going to the Padres, it'd be him, Clevenger, Lamette. You got Gore Paddock. coming up. Yeah, Paddock. Paddock. And you also have Davies coming off a really good year. Like That rotation would be scary if he went to the Padres. Lots of depth. No need to overwork anybody. You can use Longman in the bullpen too. No need to rush Gore up. It'd be a really good rotation there. And also for the White Sox, he'd also be that number one, giving them deadly one, two, three, and Bauer, Giolito, and Keiko. And then they have Mannion, Seas, and then Lopez also rounding out the end of the rotation. And they have Kopech coming back from injury too. Yeah, that'd be a fun team to watch. And I'd really shoot, probably shoot the White Sox to the best team in the AL Central. Yeah, if the White Sox were able to pull that off, they would be definitely going for it. And they would be a scary team in the AL for sure with that lineup. And then they're a solid staff like that with Giolito and Keuchel. I can't imagine that team. Another thing with him with the Padres, I think that could motivate him is having the Dodgers being the reigning champs and having him go out there a lot against the Dodgers and trying to shut down the best team in baseball. I think that'd be a big motivator for him. Yeah, it definitely would. Whoever gets him, though, is going to get a great pitcher, fun guy, and he's definitely going to help improve that team. So moving on, I think we're going to talk about some catcher one catcher now the only catcher we really want to talk about is James McCann um, he was on the White Sox this year he did really good it sounds like he kind of wants to start because he didn't really start he like platooned you can say with Grandal. he'd play catcher sometimes and they move Grandal to DH but I have him going to the Mets there's plenty of options for him pretty much just anybody who loses out on Remuto so I'd say the Mets the Nationals and the Phillies would all be interested in James McCann yeah, there's plenty of options for him. Teams usually always need catchers, but I have him going to the Angels most likely. I have him going to the Angels because even with Max Stassi being good last year, he's already 29 or almost 30, and it was only a 90 at-bats, and McCann could be a solid option back there. Good defensively, help their pitching staff. Uh, I have James McCann to the uh, Phillies, basically just uh, replacing Real Muto as their catcher. Yeah, he's somebody who hasn't really gotten, like, he did get to start in Detroit, but he has shown glimpses of being really good in Chicago. But this year he had to share time with Grindall. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes because I think he can be an impact player right away. Then another person we want to talk about just briefly is Justin Turner. He does have COVID. He was tested positive for COVID. I don't see him going anywhere. I see him returning to the Dodgers on, like, a one-year deal or so. Yeah, I also see him going to the Dodgers. He's been there for a while now been a key piece of this long playoff runs they've had and I can't see him leaving with how much he's done there now we'll move on to the shortstop group this shortstop group I'd say it's pretty interesting you have two players who are coming off kind of down years I'd say in Simeon and Enrolta Simmons and then you also have Didi Rigores who had a decent season as well first I think we'll just start off with Simeon he's pretty he has tailed off defensively he had that really good year that one year but he's kind of tailed off but I still think some teams can probably overpay for him so I have him going to the Reds. Yeah, Simeon was somebody who had 2019 was really good for him, really strong defensively, really good offensively finished, and I believe top three MVP voting. But that was pretty much his only good offensive season in his career, and mostly before that he was bad defensively. I think he wasn't up to the same standards last year. So I see him taking like a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Angels. The, he keep be good spot in that lineup. Yeah, like Max, I also have him to the Angels. He... Fills the void of Simmons. He's not quite the same defender, but his bat is better than Simmons. So I think that would be a decent swap for the Angels. They won't lose a ton there. 
and they'd even gain some. Now we'll move on to Didi. For Didi, he's coming off a good year off of from the Phillies. It'll be interesting to see. I think it's pretty much going to be like the same couple teams and for all these shortstops, the Angels, Reds, and Phillies. I have Didi going to the Angels, giving them a much-needed lefty bat in that lineup with Trout and Rendon all being righties and Pujols even as well and Upton. I think he'd help balance out that lineup, and I have him going there and playing short for him. Yeah, Didi coming off a good year with the Phillies. He's talked about what he expects this season. He doesn't expect to go back to the Yankees. He's a fun guy who a lot of fans like. And I see him going back to the Reds where he fit in with that nice little ballpark, short porch again. Yeah, I like him to the Reds. I like Didi back to the Phillies. I think the Phillies aren't too far off, and I think Didi can be a big piece in them. Taking the next step forward and getting back into the playoffs, I think he enjoyed his time there, and I think he'll be willing to go back for another go. Then, and Ralta Simmons, I have him going to the Phillies. I think he'd be just great there defensively. He will replace Didi. I'd rather have Didi and Simeon over Enralta Simmons, but Enralta Simmons' defense is just so good, and I think that would help that middle infield there. Yeah, Anderson Simmons, who has been mo- hard to argue the best shortstop, the defensive shortstop in baseball for a while now. Not the best offense, but you know what you're getting. You're on 330 on base, under 400 slugging. Yeah, I think he's. I have him going to the A's to help fill up that defensive infield again. And that'd be fun to watch with Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, and Anderson Simmons all playing defense there. I think he'll go to the A's on like a one-year deal. Yeah, I got uh, Simmons on a one-year deal to the Reds. The Reds aren't a great defensive team, and I think they would need a guy uh, up the middle to kind of solidify that infield. And like Max said, his bat isn't great, but you know what you're going to get from him, and he's just going to be a productive defensive guy and give you a little bit of offense at times. Moving on to left fielders, well, I think both of these left fielders are kind of DHs as well. Maybe they consider in them. First one we're going to talk about is Michael Brantley. This one was really hard for me. I don't really know what other team would go after him. I don't see that many fits for him, really. So I have him return to the Astros for three years, $51 million. Yeah, Brantley's a really good hitter. He's been in the middle of the order. He saw with the Astros really brought his career back up. But I see him sticking with the Astros. I think it'd be too much to lose for them. A solid lefty bat in the middle of the order. He's stable. It's a bat that most teams would need would want, but... In this right now, with teams trying to cut payroll, it'd be hard to fit him in a lot of teams. So for Brantley, like uh, Max and Aiden said earlier, the Astros are going to have a decision to make. And since I had the uh, Astros keeping Springer, then they're certainly not going to keep Brantley. So I haven't going to the Cardinals, two for 30. It's just a team that needs a bat. Their offense uh, isn't great. They just need a guy in their order that can be productive, and he's a productive offensive player. Yeah, Cardinals definitely need a bat, so I have them actually getting the next person we're talking about in Jock Peterson. I don't really see the Dodgers resigning him at all. Um, he, I just don't really see him spending that much money. They're going to have to extend Seager next year, most likely, and then they already have the Betts contract kicking in. So, yeah, I am going to the Cardinals for $39 million for three years. Yeah, I also have Jock leaving the Dodgers. I don't think it would be the best use of their money, especially if only people they can have that can play left field in DH. I have him going to the Marlins, be a nice left-handed bat in that lineup and provide them with more offense that they struggled with last year. And hopefully they could keep up with what they did this year and make some steps forward. Yeah, so Jock Peterson doesn't really have a spot anymore for the Dodgers. He played some DH, but they're probably going to fill that with other guys. They have some guys coming up. So I'm into the Blue Jays. This is kind of an interesting spot for him. He's still a young player, and they have kind of a young core, so I think he could fit in decent with that team, maybe first base, or do some DHing for them. 
Another team that we did mention, I don't like the fit, but I think he might get interest from him is the White Sox to play right field. Um, their defense would be horrible, and already kind of is with Jimenez in left, but it's definitely a team to watch for him too. Then moving on to DH, uh, we have Nelson Cruz. I think we all have him going back to the Twins, really. Just a, the best player on that the best player on that team last year. He just provides so much for the clubhouse and all that, and it'd be really hard to lose him. Yeah, I can't see Cruz going anywhere other than the Twins. He seems to like it there, and the Twins seem to like him. He has said he wants a two-year deal, so I would assume the Twins give him that. And, yeah, I can't see him leaving. He's been a strong offensive force, one of the best hitters in all of baseball in those two years, and it'd just be a big loss to the Twins. Yeah, the Twins, they can't get rid of Cruz. If they get rid of Cruz, then there's their team, basically. He's been so productive. at like He's 40 years old at this point, so to see the production, and it was kind of interesting that he wanted a two-year deal. And I think that sounds great for the Twins. You can get this guy for two more years, and he's willing to play two more years for you. You have to get it done. So I have him two for 32. So I think it'll be somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, he showed no signs of slowing down. It wouldn't be too expensive for the Twins. Yeah, he's definitely have shown no signs of slowing down at the age of, like, 40, I believe. And, yeah, I think he can definitely hit for two more years. Now, moving on to starting pitching. This starting pitching group's really interesting to me. There's a lot of bounce-back candidates that me and Max were talking about earlier. You have people like Mike Miner, Jose Quintana, Robbie Ray, Cole Hamels, and others who could always bounce back. But it is kind of, it's a big drop-off from Trevor Bauer. But the next best pitcher, according to most, is probably Marcus Stroman. He did sit out this year for the Mets, but he did put up a really good year the year beforehand. He's somebody who I've seen, like, people are mixed on. They have no idea how he's going to get paid at all. Some people think he might get paid a lot because due to his age and how dominant he was the year ago. While others think he might just get a one-year deal just to prove a deal to even make any more money. So with that said, I am going to the Padres for $72 million for four years. I like the fit there. Their defense is really good since he's a ground ball pitcher, and I think he'd do really good in that rotation. Yeah, Marcus Stroman, he's had a weird career. He's had some good years and he's had some bad years. And he said he will have at least a 3.5 war every year for the rest of his career for a while at least. And I have him going to the Reds to replace Bauer in that rotation. I think he'd be a pretty good ground ball pitcher in that little field. Yeah, I think I don't think he's getting too much. I would say around the 3 for 40-ish something, somewhere in the 3 in the 40s. I like where Aiden was going with the Padres. That's where I have him landing. They just probably need another arm, and if they do miss out on the Bauer sweepstakes, he'd be a really good secondary option for them. Moving on, we have the Yankees, former Yankees, Masahiro Tanaka. He didn't really do that well this postseason at all. Some... Yankees fans are wondering if it's the end for him. I know some Yankee fans do want him back. It's going to be interesting to see how many teams go after him. But for me, I'm going to the Angels, somebody who can just help eat up innings in that rotation because I have a missing out on Bauer and Stroman. I have him going to the Angels for $26 million for two years. Yeah, Tanaka had a slower postseason, not quite up to his normal standards. It was definitely his worst postseason start of his career by far. But I just, the Yankees losing, I can't see the Yankees losing him and Paxton and Happ. So I think he's going to be the one they bring back on a one-year deal around $10 million, I would say. But yeah, I just think he's can't leave the Yankees quite yet. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility him going back to the Yankees. But I like Tanaka to the White Sox. Padres, they would miss out on the Bauer sweepstakes, but they would get Tanaka as their backup option there. He would just provide good innings. Good, He has good experience, ton of playoff experience. So just can help that rotation a little bit. Yeah, then moving on, we're going to James Paxton. I don't really see the Yankees re-signing him. I think they'd rather have Tanaka over Paxton. They're in a really tr- tricky position because I don't think they can afford all four of their major free agents. 
three starting pitchers and LeMahieu. So I have Paxton going to the Mets and being somebody who's going to have to eat up a lot of innings, but with Syndergaard out for the first two months, but he can do really good in that ballpark in City Field. I have him going there for fourteen million for one year. Yeah, this was a little bit of a lot. This was a lost year for Paxton. His velocity was down. He was hurt, but now Boris claims he is back to full health. He's never been anyone that's too healthy in his career. Never qualified for the ERA title. Always pitching 161 or less innings, and he's not somebody you can rely on to go in and out every game, every for every five days. But that's something we get like three years, 51 for like the Angels who need some more pitching. You can put him in the top rotation and be good there. All right, I got Pax into my Minnesota Twins. Me and Max have talked about it before. I think their window is closing slowly, and they need a, another arm in that rotation for sure behind Maeda and Barrios. And I think Paxton's a good middle of the road uh, in terms of like his price that he's going to see. He's not going to be like a Bauer, but he's going to be probably 15 mil-ish. So I think it'd be a good bargain for the Twins to get him, and he can just be an innings guy for them. And some other guys that we will talk about quick are going to be Kevin Gossman, Jake Odorizzi, and Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker's coming off a really good year for the Blue Jays, so I have him staying there. I don't know how much he'll get. I think he'll get somewhere around eight or nine mil a year around there. Gossman did really well last year for the Giants. I think he tailed off those second half. He did really good in the first half. I'm going to the Twins. I think that'll be a great person to put in that middle of the rotation, eat up some innings. Then I have Odorizzi going to the Phillies. They are losing Araneta or Arietta. 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 So you're losing some innings there, and he can just somebody who can help eat up innings there. Yeah, Taiwan Walker was a great pickup for the Blue Jays down the stretch last year. I think he's somebody I could fit in with just about every team as a middle rotation guy who's solid. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I can see him going back to the Blue Jays there. And then Kevin Gosman, I think he was good with the Giants last year, and I think he's going to stay there again. I think they're just not going to quite go for it all in, but they'll still try to keep a main team, a team that can win. And for Jake, was Jake Odorizzi next? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll go to the Tigers, same thing that they did with Crone and Scope last year, just pick up the Twins' old scraps. <laughs> uh, so I have Odorizzi to the Astros. That rotation needs another guy, like a third guy. So I think he'll go there for a pretty cheap contract. And then I think the walk, the sorry, the Blue Jays keep Walker. They traded for him at the deadline this year. They got him for pretty cheap, and I think they like him. He had a really good bounce back year. Yeah. Then I think we'll just we also have some older guys like I mentioned in Hamilton Quintana. I have Quintana going back to the White Sox. I think he'll stay in Chicago. I think that would be a great signing for the White Sox. Then I have the Astros picking up Mike Miner as a bounce-back candidate, somebody who can maybe help them get some trade value, maybe even trade them in the middle of the year. Then I have Cole Hamels also going to Twins, giving them some more postseason experience on that team. Who was the first one? Oh, Quintana? Yeah. Yeah, I think Quintana also goes back to the White Sox. They got a pretty good haul friend with Dylan Cease and... Eloy Jimenez the first time I think he'd go back there, be another rotation guy, and stick in Chicago for a little longer. Mike Meyer struggled last year, had a good year the year before. Solid lefty, you can stick to the back rotation or relieve. Hamels. I yeah, Cole Hamels, I think he's going back to the Phillies. Been there for a long time, beginning of his career, had some success. I think he goes back to finish out his career. Yeah, now we'll move on to the relievers. The relievers are a little bit interesting, a little bit interesting class. You do have one of the more dominant relievers in the game the past couple of years, and Liam Hedricks being a free agent. For me, there's a lot of teams that could definitely go after him, but I see one team that really needs a relief pitcher, and that's definitely the Phillies. I have the Phillies paying up for him, $42 million for three years. Yeah, I can't see the, him not going to the Phillies. I mean, he's the best reliever in this class, and the Phillies had the worst bullpen, one of the worst bullpens of all time last year. I just can't see any way they let him go. He's going to get overpaid by them, I'd have to say. 
Yeah, Hendricks being the top reliever, I think the Phillies definitely need him. And like Max said, they'll probably end up overpaying for him, but they can't keep using the excuse of their bullpen being bad. They need to eventually spend on it. Yeah, and there's plenty of other teams that would definitely be interested in him. You have teams like the Twins that should be interested in him. The White Sox should be interested in him. The Mets should also be interested in him. And also watch out maybe even for the Reds or Cardinals to be interested in him as well. Another reliever that we're going to talk about is Trevor Rosenthal. He's coming off a really good year for the Padres, getting traded midway through the year. Kind of helped bring his stock back up to that one time when he was considered probably one of the top 10 relievers in baseball. So I have him actually going to the Twins. Everybody needs bullpen. Anybody who's contending needs a bullpen piece. And the I think the Twins definitely could definitely use them there. Especially, they kind of need to close it right now. They don't really know about Rodgers right now. So it'll be a good pickup for them. Yeah, I have Trevor Rosenthal had a really good bounce back year last year. I think he's six with the Padres. I don't think they need to do too much with their pitching, but with all the young guys coming up, I think they should still try to keep him and try to at least keep that bullpen where it was last year with some improvements from the new guys coming up this year. I personally have Rosenthal to the Nationals. They're just a team that needs bullpen help, and he'd be a great piece in that bullpen. He was on the Nationals. Yeah, point, right. But yeah. Getting to 2019, I think he was yeah. really bad, like 25 walks and like I don't know, a lot of walks, I guess, and not many innings. Yeah, but they definitely do need some bullpen pieces there. Another guy we're going to talk about is uh, Blake Trinan of the Dodgers, who won the World Series. Somebody who definitely improved his stock. He had that really dominant year, I think, two to three years 2018, ago. 2018, yeah. In 2018, I think he was like waived, wasn't he? Was yeah, it... they they non-tendered him. Yeah, they non-tendered him. The Dodgers picked him up used his potential, and yeah, he became that same guy from that other year. So I have him going to the Braves here. They definitely need somebody else back in that bullpen, as they have Melanson and Shane Green both coming off the book, so I have him going to the Braves. Yeah, I have, I also have Blake Trinan going to the Phillies along with Liam Hendricks. I think they need multiple pieces, and those two would give you a solid 8-9. We could rely on just about every time they go out there. I have Blake Trinan to the Twins. They just need bullpen help at this point, so... I think Blake Trident would be a good guy for them. I don't know if he'd be the closer necessarily, but a good eighth, seventh, eighth inning guy for them. The next one really we'll also talk about is going to be Alec Colome. He's probably one of the more underrated pictures, I think, in the league. He's had really, really solid seasons every year. He's definitely somebody that the White Sox would like to keep, so I have him return to the White Sox. Yeah, Colome was really good last year. I believe in year under one and the year before that, he was really good too. I can't see him leaving the White Sox. He's been a solid back in the bullpen guy with him. And yeah, I think they keep him. Yeah, back to the White Sox for Colome going in for another go around with them. And then you also do have bullpen pieces like Shane Green and Kirby Yates and Dylan Batanzas also on the market. Um, a lot of teams could go after them. But one thing I do want to talk about quick, designate for assignment in Brad Hand and Robert Ozuna. Yeah, so a little bit of interesting move by the Indians to wave Brad Hand. They didn't want to pay the $1 million, which I can see if – you think somebody's going to pick him up, which is worth it if you're not going to pick up his option anyways. But I think somebody, I wouldn't be surprised if he picks him up. I think he'd be a good fit for the Twins from Minnesota. Really good lefty. Was really good last year. Been good for the last few years. I can't see. He's going to get somewhere good this year. Yeah, he had an ERA under three. Just above two. Just above two. So he's definitely somebody who can still pitch. I see team maybe like the Blue Jays even think about picking him up as well. Yeah, I don't know if he'll uh, clear waivers, but if he does, I also have him like Max to the Twins. He'd be a great lefty for them, and he could potentially be their closer in 2021. Kirby Yates? I think he'd be a good pickup for the Nats. He'd be a comeback player, injured last year, but he was really dominant before that. And then Batances is a 
somebody who, when he's right is unhittable, but he needs some fixing. Yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, Kirby Yates is somebody who can definitely be a good bounce back candidate. He was one of the top relievers in baseball for the past couple of years. Then he got injured this year. So, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see where he goes. Shane Green also had a really good year for the Braves this year, helping them in crucial moments. I see a team like the Blue Jays looking at him and filling him out that bullpen. Yeah, I have Shane Green staying with the Braves. They have him and Melanson, and I believe at least one more being free agents. And they're going to need some filling in spots there, and he was good with them last year. Last last two years, he's been really good, so I think he stays there. Yeah. Darren O'Day is the one you think Yes, of. they didn't pick him up. They did not pick up his option. Yep. So now, after that, we're just going to move into some trade candidates. Really, I think we're only going to talk about and eh, we'll talk about all the ones that we kind of put down. But first one we are going to talk about is Francisco Lindor. Uh, we all think he's going to get traded. It sounds like they're trying to save money just by not even picking up that Brad Hand opt-out. I don't really see him contending this year if they do trade Lindor. And I think there's plenty of teams that can definitely get him. But one team that I'm going to pitch to go after him is the Blue Jays. I think if they get him and they can move Bichette to third, I think that could really help out that team, even make him a brighter future. And they could definitely build a package around uh, some of their prospects, Danny Jansen, and then some other people as well. Yeah, I have the Lindorian trade to the Braves. I think the Indians are going to try to contend this year with just their starting pitching and even worse offense than they've had in years prior. But yeah, I think he goes to the Braves around a, a pitching prospect and then either like Swanson or Waters. Riley. Yeah, Waters could be there. I think they, they could either move Swanson to third or keep and trade him in that deal. I think they'd keep, more likely keep Swanson. I think he's from the area, but I think Lindor would be a great piece for the Braves. Really put them over the top. Yeah, I think there's no way that Lindor stays with the Indians. I think he's on the move, and I have him to the Mets. I also have JT Romero to the Mets, and I think if the Mets were able to get those guys in their lineup, they'd definitely be a complete team, and they could contend in the NL for sure. Yeah, Mets are definitely one of the teams that has been connected to him for a while. One team that I wouldn't even count out of his sweepstakes right now is the Dodgers even. like I could even see him move for them. They'd move Seager to third and just say bye to Turner. But it'll be interesting to see if they go after him. And then you also have other teams I'd say, like the Cardinals, I think should be interested in him as well. Get somebody else. Get just a bat in that middle of that lineup who can help that offense out. So then another big one that I think is going to get traded is Nolan Arenado. It sounds like he's kind of fed up with the Rockies. The Rockies really aren't going anywhere. They struggled mightily the past couple of years. And the team I'm going to is probably the most obvious destination, but that's the Cardinals. They definitely need a third baseman. Help right in the middle of the lineup. Help. I don't know if he'll. He would bat. Where would he bat in that lineup? Would he help protect Goldsmith or Goldsmith protect him? I think he'd be in the two hole. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely if the Cardinals could get him, I don't. I think they definitely should pull the trigger and get him. Yeah, there's been talks with Arnado and the Cardinals for like the last year or so. I think he ends up going there. This Rockies front office is just not running this team that well, and he's not been happy. He said he wants to contend, and I just can't see this team contending. Especially how hard it is to build a winner in Colorado. I think he goes to the Cardinals and helps them win the division next year. All right, then some other another trade candidate that his name's going to pop up a lot this year, even though he struggled really bad this year, is Chris Bryant. I don't really see him getting traded this offseason. I see him getting traded more midseason, help build up some trade value back, even though he's an expiring deal. Yeah, I can't see Bryant getting traded this offseason with how bad he was last year, but part of that was injuries, I believe, and I think he's a deadline deal. Once he starts getting his hitting back, and I think he could go to a contender next year, help them win just by any position. And I think probably the best starting pitcher on the market this offseason is going to, in the trade market at least, is Lance Lynn. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. It was kind of surprising that they didn't trade him at the trade deadline, 
when they weren't going anywhere and they could have maximized even more value for him, I believe, I would I would think, to help teams in the playoff push. And he definitely, he's relatively not that expensive compared to some of these other guys, so I could see a lot of teams going after him, like the White Sox, the Reds, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, any team that really needs pitching that's in contention. But for me, I think the Reds will trade for him to replace uh, Bauer. Yeah, Lynn has a good contract, like one year, 10 mil left. And he's somebody that can fit it on any team. Any team always needs starting pitching. It's just a question of whether the Rangers' price on him will go down enough for teams to go after him. I think he's a solid piece for anybody. But, yeah, I, I don't think he's traded this offseason quite yet. And then another person that we'll talk about quick, I don't think he's going to get traded. Uh, it's going to be Trevor Story. I think the Rockies are going to try to keep him. I think losing both Arnauto and Story in one offseason would be really bad. And I think they're going to probably extend Story within the next couple months. Yeah, Story is... Somebody could command a lot in return. I'm not sure. Is he a free agent after this yes, year, too? He is. Yeah, I could see him also getting traded in that case. I'm not sure if the Rockies are going to commit that much money to him. And yeah, he'd be somebody that can get a lot in return. You help rebuild that farm system with a lot of teams shortstops. Yeah, losing Arenado and Story would cause like mass chaos with that fan base. And it's just that team's not going anywhere, but they still need a, like a face of their franchise. And I think Story would have to be that. So, I, I don't, yeah, like Aiden and Max, I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah, so this offseason is going to be kind of interesting. I think there will be a lot more trades than usual. A lot of teams are, I say a lot of teams than usual are in contention for the playoffs this year. Like we said, like all of our predictions, you got to watch out for some of these up-and-coming teams like the White Sox and Padres. But also you have other teams who are still, who have made it far in the playoffs that are probably going to retool like the Braves and the Yankees and the Phillies. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason. I think you're going to see a lot more one-year deals. And these trades will be a little more interesting with prospects not playing all of last year. But, yeah, it could be a really different offseason. Yeah, I think we'll have a couple teams that are going to go for it big, like the White Sox. And I personally think the Twins need to go for it big, the Angels. They're mm-hmm. kind of like in the spot where they need to kind of push right now or their, their window is going to be closing soon. So I think we'll see a lot of teams go in big. Uh, and also the Mets as well. I have them going big, so that'll be interesting to see. Also, like, the Blue Jays can also go big. They, they've they shown that they can actually contend. People were surprised that they're this good this year, and they can definitely make some moves this offseason to help them, to help them to contend. You also have the Cardinals, who always seem to make the playoffs every year, so also don't count them out of anything. They're going to want to be competitive. And, yeah, this offseason is just going to be really interesting. Yeah, the Blue Jays can be a really dangerous team if Vladdy Jr. steps up and really plays up to his potential. Yeah, I think it's also interesting with the expanded playoffs. I think that's also a key reason why more teams are going to try to go all in because, like, if you can get into the playoffs and get hot at the right time, you anyone could take the title. So I think that, that could be a big factor as well. And they could possibly stay at 16, I believe, right? Uh, possibly. They're I think considering wants, it. I think Manfred prefer 14, but it's really interesting because I believe it's slated to go back to 10 right now. But there could be a lot of changes in the rules this year with possibly the DH staying in both leagues and the CBA after, the, after this year in 2021. It'll be interesting to see what rules change and what rules stick for this year. Yeah, Max is on point right there. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what all happens. I, I'm assuming that the NLDH is going to stay. It's going to be interesting to see the playoffs. I would say it's a little bit too much. There's a like we had two teams under 500 this year. That could tech. I think it definitely could happen even in a full season as well. So I think they should probably shorten the teams a little bit. 
But I know Max said that he doesn't really want teams that have buys and that kind of thing with so many teams in yeah, there. Yeah, teams that have had long breaks in the postseason tend to struggle in that next series. I think that'd be a really bad way to happen if you're the number one seed and get eliminated in the first round like that against a team that was middle of the pack. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to check out our Instagram and, and just tell us what you guys want to see. We appreciate all the support we've gotten this far. And remember, your opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does.